first, ramblingbeachcat.com. And I am Nick Nafliotis. <laughs> I am the founder and main writer at ramblingbeachcat.com, which a lot of you listening to this might have no idea what the heck that is, but you will in a little while. And joining me is my co-writer in the loosest sense of the term, because he's turned in one freaking article in a year. <laughs> But he's still my good friend and collaborator, and he's helping me do this podcast, and Seth Vaughn. When you need equipment, you turn to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the first first person that's heard that line, and I won't be the last. Um, the way this podcast is going to work is we're usually going to try to focus on one topic. Um, when we talked about what to do, we said, okay, well, we can talk about articles on the website, because I know a lot of you jerks don't read it, so we'll talk about it. Uh, the second thing is we can talk about Kentucky sports because Seth and I know Kentucky sports pretty well. We live it and breathe it, both football and basketball, rifle team, baseball. <laughs> and uh, the third thing An- would be... Animal husbandry. Yeah, animal husbandry. Even before <laughs> Kentucky, that was something we were really into. And uh, we also will talk about general geekery, as we refer to it. Um, we'll talk about different things like comic books, Star Wars, stuff that, you know we actually really 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 are into and like uh so we're going to give you a sampling of everything but normally our show is just going to be one topic but today i think it's going to be a little sampling what are we starting with today seth to give you a little bit more information about ourselves and nick and i uh, suffered together at the university of kentucky uh for suffer (laughs) it's it's a I, i use the term suffering in in a very uh, light-hearted, uh, affectionate kind of way. Don't tell me that waking up at 6 in the morning for observations wasn't yeah, that was suffering. Yeah, That was terrible. <laughs> but we did our undergraduate degrees together at Kentucky in music education. Nick is now a middle school band director. Yeah! Getting it done. Edumacaton, the youths of yeah. America. Yeah. Here in uh, Mount, Pleasant. Mount Pleasant, South Carolina where we're recording and I'm here visiting him as I as I do once or twice every year. It's a uh, glorious time every year. It's, my wife isn't always thrilled because she says we revert to a time before she even knew us when we were both like 12. Our native state. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> smacking and uh, my argument is I, I act like I'm 12 all the time. So she's kind of wrong, but that doesn't help. At least you're consistent. True. True. Uh, I currently live in Phoenix. Uh, I did my master's and my uh, doctorate at Arizona State University in Trombone. That's both our primary instrument. And uh, I live there now and teach and play my instrument. But enough about us. On to the topics at hand. Well, I figure we should start with Kentucky sports. I don't think that's what we agreed to, but okay, <laughs> we can do your, that. Your podcast, your, what do you want to talk about? Let's start, because I have the article pulled up for Geekery. Let's uh, let's start with Geekery. Yes, I let's guess. start our first podcast by emasculating ourselves. Okay, geekery. let's start with Kentucky sports. No, let's no, start no, with let's, do, no let's do Geekery. No, no, because now you've made me feel bad. Oh, one other thing I forgot to mention, uh, two things actually. The first thing is, if, you, if you've never been to my website, number one, you're a jerk. And number two, it deals mostly in weird crime, weird stories, weird stuff on the internet, and beautiful women who are on the internet. No, I'm not kidding. We yes. actually do interviews. Uh, the number two thing is that we have a, when we do a podcast, we send out a call. If you want questions, uh, we'll answer them. And we've already gotten a few questions. We'll answer them here. But we're going to not tell you you have to subscribe. So if you're listening to this, you've been tricked into listening to our podcast. Thank you. Um, we'll answer it. And we do a Dale story of the week. If you don't know who Dale is, which many of you listening don't, but some of you do, if you don't know who Dale is, you will by the end of this podcast. Millions of voices just cried out in anguish at the mention of his name. Went, <laughs> so, and by the way, that that noise was Dale, and that's what he actually sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think we're going to talk a little bit about um, Kentucky sports first. I think the thing that really, it's football season coming up, and this is the football time in the bluegrass. Yeah. This is the least excited I've been about football in forever. Even as a long, even as long time sufferers, I mean, we suffered. You think about what we lived through when we were in school. We went. We, you were there a year before I was, but yeah. from nineteen ninety eight, and that was the tail end. You got they, they went to the Outback Bowl. My my first year, they went to the Outback yeah. Bowl. Yeah, and then on through my last year was was two thousand four. 
oh my gosh, the two and nine seasons, the the, the probation, the pro, yeah, the the probation for the one season we went seven and five and could have gone yeah. to a bowl game. <laughs> but the probation, I mean, you forget that that's why we had such is we had loss of scholarships. Yeah, for for the for the last uh, couple of years that we were that that we were there, two thousand two, that was the I think the probation year. Yeah, but the whole the general consensus for. Kentucky football right now. I mean, it, the athletics program is riding so high off our championship, and we this is the, this is the first time we've actually gotten to uh, celebrate the uh, basketball championship together. So yeah, that's exciting. But it is pretty cool. The first time we got to have a manly embrace that uh, didn't involve any like sexual attraction sh- at all. Should we turn this off for a, a no, no? Let, let them deal with our love. So, no, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it was the first time we got to embrace. But yeah, and and here's the thing. Before we say any of this, just a, a disclaimer. I think Mitch Barnhart is a great athletic director in the sense that I mean, if you look at Kentucky right now, their overall athletic program. It's not. I know everyone knows basketball. I made that joke about rifle team earlier. Thing, but I mean, look at everything. Our baseball team arguably should have gone to the College World Series. I mean, yeah. And every program right now at Kentucky is really strong, except for football. Yeah, and and it's odd because football is your main revenue generator. It's your main money maker. Even as good as the basketball program is at Kentucky, there's still a, a lot more income and a lot more revenue generated by the football program. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go through some of the reasons we're not excited, and to give you an example. A lot of people sit back and say, oh, you guys are probably the ones who hated Rich Brooks. And I'll admit, I'm one of those. I wanted Rich Brooks gone. For the first year, I was not excited. Yeah, and Rich Brooks... Based turned, on his resume. Yeah, he turned the program around. But the thing is, is there's whole different thing. Like, Rich Brooks came into a situation where we were depleted by probation. We'd had lost scholarships. We were not doing well. Joker Phillips, and I'm pulling up what I've said about it, is the, the defense people say, number one for Joker, is... Well, it's his, you know, it was, this was only two years. Give him time. It's not his second year. or the, Sorry, this will not be his third year in the program. He was named as the coach in waiting by Brooks in January of 2008. Think about that for a minute. He was named coach in waiting 2008. He's been with this team since 2003. And he was our, he, he's been the recruiting coordinator since 2005. I mean, you can't tell me that that's not... Not having, yeah, you can't can't say that he hasn't had his system in place because he's basically running the same pro style offense that Rich Brooks was. Yeah, and don't get me started on that. But if you're, if you're gonna three run yard a, run, yeah, wow. three yeah, yard one, <laughs> three, three yards, cloud of dust, quarterback draw, <laughs> and then on third down we uh, take a sack or we run a, a four yard hitch route and drop the ball. Yeah. But. Uh, my argument with the, the pro-style offense, I, I'm one of the believers we should go to the spread. If you're going to have a pro-style offense, you need pro-style talent. You need the, the exceptional talent, which we're slowly getting the recruiting classes uh, to you know, the top 30 consistently in the nation, but still in the very bottom of the SEC. But you need that pro-talent. And if you're going to win, if you're going to even be remotely competitive with lesser talent, then the spread seems to be the way to go. Yeah. Um, the second thing that... And I'm going to kind of branch off here. I'm looking at my old article. I wrote this in the middle of last season. Uh, I really get angry. You know, it makes me mad enough when Mitch Barnhart, you know, says things like, well, or Joker, it's like, you know, don't really listen to the fans and all. But I, I guess I can understand. You know, if you're doing your job, you can't really listen to what everybody... But what really makes me mad is when Mitch Barnhart said, I'm going to give him time to turn the program around. It's like, no, he already did turn the program around. We were already going to bowls and doing well, and now we're going in the opposite direction. He shouldn't, coach and waiting, that's the whole point, is that you don't have to have, a, you know. that The upheaval of, of a turnover a couple seasons where someone has to get established, yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's the second thing. Uh, position coaches. Uh, he fired two of our best position coaches that we had, Jimmy Higgins and Rick Petrie. Um and coincidentally, our offensive line went to crap last year. It was. I'm looking it up right now. It was Higgins who was offensive line coach, correct? Right. Yeah, Higgins, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Higgins was an award-winning offensive line coach, and, and the rationale behind firing him was, well, he doesn't recruit well enough. But if you've watched, like, I mean, you, our offensive line was supposed to be the strength of the team last year. It was the talk of the town, yeah. And Terrible. So, somehow, 
somehow we managed to. Uh, I'll say this: I would want to block for Morgan Newton. No, I <laughs> I'd probably just I'd probably just shuffle out of the way. And, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, I probably I, I might blow out my knee. I yeah. can't. I'm sorry. I can't do deal with this. Yeah, but you were saying I'm sorry. Well, yeah, the the, the offensive uh, line coach, and the the we lost T Martin this uh, this past year to USC, and that's uh, as far as a receivers coach. The, the proof was in the pudding. You know, the, the results on the field. Well, he yeah. said in an interview he doesn't know anything about the position. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have trouble knocking T. Martin because he's one of the first people that followed me on Twitter. So i got to be honest, <laughs> I love the guy. And I think he's a – I mean, he was great for us recruiting-wise. But, yeah, he didn't know how to coach wide receivers. Yeah, it, he he did bring a certain intang- intangible swag. Oh, did you uh, really use that word? Yes, I did use that word. Oh. I swag all the time. In case you guys don't know, my day job is at a, as a middle school teacher, and I have to hear the word swag so much it makes me want to vomit. Swag. Okay, go on with your swaggy analysis. I'm going to swag this. I'm going to swag this on your face. All right. These are the lines that we talked about not crossing at our pre-production meeting. Right. We have oh. not crossed the explicit barrier yet. Seth and I went and had horrible lobster for our pre-production meeting. I'm not kidding. All right. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, T. T. Martin did have an unbelievable presence in when he would go to visit recruits' house. Uh, it, the idea of having a national championship-winning quarterback sitting in your uh, living room with your parents saying, "Come to Kentucky." And, and play for me and play for Coach Phillips. Uh, that has some pull. But if your receivers can't catch a stupid ball, if we can't make a first down on offense, then it's pretty much you know, the, the proof on the field. I'm not sad to see him go, really. Yeah. I mean, it, just so much bad news was already surrounding us. It's like, well, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, the other thing, you said recruiting got better, but that's – that's one thing that bugs me too because we're never we're never going to be Kentucky's population base is nowhere near these other states Um, even Tennessee and look I mean sorry to tick off any Tennessee fans but if you've noticed since Mike Slive has come in and Kramer's not in charge of the SEC and Tennessee can't cheat at recruiting anymore they can't pay people to come to school like they used to and yes everyone knows that's what was going on but since Kramer doesn't you know Kramer Kramer let it go but since Slive has come in you've seen what's happened to Tennessee football now that the Fulmer buffet card is gone. Yeah. And, I mean, everyone says, well, it's because of Lane Kiffin. And okay. It wasn't just that. Before Lane Kiffin, Tennessee wasn't doing well. It's because they weren't allowed to shoot recruit anymore. So, if you look at, you know, recruiting, I mean, they don't have a great population base. Um, you know, you're not going to get that. So, like you were saying, Seth, you need to run. Like, it's kind of like that, if any of you seen the movie Moneyball. Yeah. It's you've got to do something different. You've got and Joker doesn't want to do that. He wants to run a, an offense like we're LSU, and we don't have the same talent base. We just don't. Yeah, it's great to imitate greatness, but if you don't have the personnel to pull it off, then you have to be, do something. They, they have to do something. I hate to use the word gimmicky, but Oregon was not always a football powerhouse, and they went the Nike route. They went let's have new uniforms, yeah, every week. Let's look like a, a bunch of ducks just, you know, dumped all over a, a jer- football jersey and we'll put it on. And, <laughs> I like know, some, some of the Oregon here. Yeah, some of them are okay, but but they that's how they got nationally known. You know, Boise State was not always a football powerhouse. Yeah. And granted, they're not playing in the SEC, but the Pac-10 or the Pac-12 now uh, is not exactly a slouch yeah. football conference. Yeah. All right. Another thing is the Joker defense. We we started to talk about this as well. You can't win at Kentucky. It's a basketball school. Once again, that's bull. Um, you can, uh, you can take schools. I mean, look what who I wish we'd gotten. But look what you know Mike Leach did when he was down in Texas. I mean, he took a school that had never been good, turned him into a powerhouse, and then you know Craig James' whiny little son cried and made up a story and that got him out. But you know, and running the spread. Yeah, running an offense. The other thing is, you know, people bring up and say, well, what about the players? Shouldn't they be at fault, too? And what I'm looking at here is, uh, luckily, Kentucky Sports Radio had to them screenshotted a bunch of tweets from players, and we lost 54-3 to South Carolina. And a lot of these former players, like Zip Duncan and uh, who else was on here? And Christian Johnson, a lot of these people 
uh, were saying things like, you know, I bleed blue, Rich Brooks, Rich Brooks blue. That was from, um, I'm embarrassed, I don't know who Young Max 50 is. Young Max 50? Sam Max. That's a character on Burn Notice. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know who the, I don't know, but I, I know Zip Duncan and I know, I know uh, Christian Johnson and, um, I don't know, like they're, they're all saying the same thing or here was the one that really bugged me is where Zip Duncan said, at some point you got to hold everyone accountable, even if you handpicked him as the starter and told his competition to transfer. Referring to the Morgan Newton, Ryan Muskowski thing. And he says, I would be happy with a simple QB competition. See what happens when you hand out the starting spots. And then he also said, I believe it starts with the head coach. Attitude slash play reflect leadership. Not seeing the tough fundamental football Brooks coached. Yeah, Joker is not known for being the most... uh, outwardly enthusiastic coach and when he does show something like that it looks terribly forced and it looks extremely fake like now I am supposed to get aroused and upset now I, I don't think, scream I don't think Joker has ever gone in front of his team and said now I'm supposed to get aroused No, because no, if I... he had if he had he would have been fired and we wouldn't be happy this conversation <laughs> you imagine Joker walking in front of them at Nutter Field and like now I'm supposed to get aroused Nutter Field now. right yeah, there yeah, great. Yeah. so that's good times but yeah by the way if, if I get a little distracted I'm getting questions popping up here uh Already one of them tweetering. Yeah, and I'm not going to answer them yet until the end. But one of them was, "Can you please explain the Chick Fil A situation?" Oh, God. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll have to think about because we're trying to stay apolitical on this. So we'll have to see. Well, that's going to be a topic for another another podcast. Yeah, but if people ask questions, we do need to answer. But sure. Yeah, we'll make them wait. We'll make them listen to like the fourth or fifth. No, podcast, don't. If we even guys. get that far, <laughs> by then we'll hate each other. Yeah. And, all right. Uh, anything? I mean. It, as far as football going on now and, like, what's what's going to happen here, I mean, I'm trying to stay positive. And, like, Jeremy Jarman being hired as director of, you that's know. That's great. Oh, God, that's great. What happened to that guy his senior year is one of the worst things the NCAA has ever done. For those of you unfamiliar, he took a, a supplement. He just took a supplement. That you that, can buy legally at GNC. Yeah, and he didn't know it was illegal. And I'm, I'm pulling up my little thing here now. Didn't know it was illegal. And then after he... Oh, this is weird. Okay, well, anyway. Uh, after he does that, he takes it, and he he finds out it's a banned substance. He loses his entire year of eligibility. His senior entire senior year. year. And arguably, that, that team, that was... Was that 2009? Yeah, that, he would have been the best player on that team, by far. Yeah, that, that team with uh, the year they beat uh, South Carolina... With uh, Randall Cobb and I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and here's the funny thing. Here's what I was looking for. I'm a little worried because my blog, my sports section of my blog just disappeared. (laughs) That's not good. Uh, But here's what really ticks me off is that in the meantime, you had a player at South Carolina who was busted for illegal drug use, got suspended for a couple games, and a player at Tennessee who was part of a gas station robbery. They didn't get suspended for just more than a few games. Yeah, a little, little pat on the, pat on the wrist, slap on the wrist, whatever you want yeah. to. So, but um, while I'm panicking here, trying to figure out what's going on with this thing, uh, yeah, this is very bizarre. That's bizarre. I don't know why it's disappeared. But anyway, um, I mean, what do you think, Seth? As far as I mean, do you think there's any chance that anything will happen good? Well. It, there's some doom and gloom on the horizon. I mean, this, the, the ticket sales are, are way down in terms of t- uh, season tickets. Uh, the scheduling worked out about as well as it could for Kentucky, adding Missouri and Texas A&M to the SEC. Yeah. We basically traded a team like Alabama or LSU for Missouri yeah. as our, you know, on our, being on our annual schedule. Um, where they're going to squeak out six wins to get to a bowl... I think it's all going to hinge on the Louisville game, that first game. That's not good. <laughs> I know. But it's the first game of the season. Anything can happen. That works to our advantage. In Louisville. 
In Louisville, yes. I think even still being in Louisville, it works to our advantage. But I would love nothing more to eat crow. I just don't see it. If if we had played Louisville first, the first game of the season last year, mm-hmm. I think we could have won that game. As as bad as our team ended up being, you know, only beating Western Kentucky fourteen to three or whatever it was. That was horrible. It was embarrassing. But I do think that Louisville game. If we go into the Florida game, God help us. <laughs> Undefeated, yeah, we have Louisville and then what? Uh, our two cupcakes. If we go into that Florida game, three and zero or four and zero, whatever it is, then I think the the fan base will, in a lot of ways, get behind Joker. Yeah, because they want to see. Ultimately, we want to see proof on the field. We want to see results. Yeah. And if, if we can get some of those early wins and uh, maybe pick up a, a couple of the other ones, you know, Mississippi State, possibly, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, those teams are all beatable. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, Max, uh, Max Smith is going to get a shot at quarterback. I think Morgan Newton's had his chance. And we'll see how he comes back from the injury. I think it's – I'm scratching my head as to why they're thinking of using Morgan Newton in the Wildcat package. Yeah, yeah. I think but, I think Smith won the, won the job outright. I don't see how you can deny him that. Yeah. At what point do you think they – would they put in Patrick Tolls, though? Because he's, you know, the star, star recruit coming in for you quarterback. Red, you got to redshirt him. You don't put a freshman in the SEC, especially this year with this – yeah. Yeah, there there hasn't been a great track record of freshmen in the SEC. I mean, even Tim Couch did not have a whole lot of success his freshman year. Yeah, but you think of freshman impact players that have come in. Randall Cobb. Yeah, came in and had results. Morgan Newton. The reason we're still giving him a shot is because of his successful freshman campaign. Yeah, when he came in. So I I think. The, the, the trend is somewhat set against you as a freshman in the SEC, but UK has had some success. Yeah. Well, I think you want to take a break for a minute before we go to our next topic? Sure. All right, we'll take a break for a minute, and we will be right back with the RamblingBeachCat.com podcast. And we're back. Yes. Moving on. We're going to talk. We're going to do some geekery. Um so if you don't like things like Star Wars or comics or anything like that, you probably have a much more active dating slash sex slash social life. And Whoop, a little slip there. Yep, and you probably don't want to listen to this. But for those of us who are awesome, we're going to put on our glasses now and we're going to geek out. Yep. We're going to talk about the, the pop culture things that are of importance to us that we enjoy. Yes. Now, I mean, there's a lot of pop culture things we could discuss. I'm getting kind of tired. Like, Comic-Con, I, I don't know if you know this, but last year Glee showed up to Comic-Con. I it's heard like, something. Yeah, it's like, no, that. no, no. Or, you know, I love you, Felicia Day. I think you're great. But she tried to defend. Like, there was an article saying that fake geek girls are stupid. She tried to defend. She goes, no, if you like something and are really big into it, you're a geek. And Felicia Day, don't get me wrong, she's authentic as anything. There's nothing inauthentic about Felicia Day at all. She's a geek, a goddess. But she shouldn't defend people like Olivia Munn, who try to pretend to be geeks just for the, you know, or they say, no, you can be a geek about anything. No, you can't. No, (laughs) you can't. These are geek topics. And to give you an idea, we are discussing today... um, We're saying this as I look at the Ashley Judd hockey poster for Kentucky. Shut up. (laughs) Um... We are talking about today uh, comic book sales as far as formatting. Um, you aren't going to get a lot of current stuff from us on comics because Seth's a loser and doesn't read his until they all come in like months later. That and I can't read or write. Yeah. I, uh, yeah I'm a doctorate though. <laughs> I, I read mine, but they're delivered to me from my hometown comic store. Um, so it takes a while. So we're, And, I mean, current storylines, I mean, you can read that yourself. We're going to talk a little bit about the industry today as far as how they deliver comics. And uh, the big thing Seth and I were discussing is, uh, you know, I'm a comic collector. I have, uh, how many long boxes over there, Seth? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine long boxes of nine, comics. Nine fewer dates. Yeah, <laughs> nine long boxes of comics. 
Uh, my wife accepts me for it, so I'm okay with it. Nine long boxes I, I've been collecting all my life. Um, well, not all my life. I'm sorry. I collected when I was younger. Stopped because I wanted to be cool. You gave got, up. You got me back into comics. Yeah, I, I owe that to you because that it was what 2002 or 2003. You started reading Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, 2002. And brought this half-filled long box of comics over to my apartment that I de- promptly devoured. Yeah. We both had to turn down dates that night. <laughs> and then we uh, read comics. No, but uh, here's the I thing. I wish is, that were true. What what got me is, you know, Star Wars comics, Seth has kind of tried to get me into them. I like Star Wars, but I was like, eh. You know, I don't know if I'd like that. And then uh, the Clone Wars series, which I know some of you think is sacrilege, but I liked it. It got me back into Star Wars, and when the series was done for the season, I wanted more. Um, so I started looking for Star Wars comics, and I found them online. I have an iPad. My wife actually has the iPad, and she didn't like it. Let me have it. And I started downloading these things, and it was great. Uh, I loved reading it on my iPad. Um, it was, you know, really cool. I could just download it right there and swipe through the pages. It had a nice display. Uh, I could make instant purchases, you know, just go through. I mean, it was really good. And I, I still want to collect, but I also liked it on my iPad. Now, what we're going to talk about a bit is is one of the main issues we're having is, uh, to give you an example, this is the article I have pulled up from iFanboy. It was written on December 5th, 2011. Uh, Dark Horse Comics, who puts out Star Wars, they initially made a press release that sounded like they were going to come out with comics day and date digital. What that means is it would come out in print and on the same day digital. Now the issue with that is number one, retailers who sell comics, you know, they feel like that cuts into their profits. You know, forget the people who don't live anywhere near a comic store. Like me, actually. I get mine delivered, like me. And then number two, uh, Marvel likes to lie. And that's something you're going to see a theme in these. Uh, before they would say, oh, you know, comics are expensive because of paper costs and all these things. We can't do anything about it. And then it gets out at a shareholder meeting when they say, oh, yeah, we just raise the price as much as we can to see how far we can go. Just to see how much money we can And in proof of that, Marvel's digital comics, even the old ones, cost the same as their new ones. So Dark Horse says, well, we'll have them at two ninety nine, but our digital, because, you know, there's no paper, will cost one ninety nine. Yeah, there's less overhead costs. Yeah, so retailers threw a hissy fit, said they were going to, you know, boycott Dark Horse, and then Dark Horse pulled a Mitt Romney and said, "I never, we, we never said that. What we actually said was, and and what they did, what they do now is a month later it drops to one ninety nine. Now, Seth, first of all, do you think Dark Horse should have manned up and just kept it? I think it's probably, you think of some of the, like pioneers in, in other media and it's really hard to guess who's ahead of their time like who would have thought that podcasts would take off as a format of what I think the fact we're be. doing one has shown that it's outlasted it's <laughs> the fact that we finally done one shows that the podcast should just be done with okay go we're ahead. on the tail end of it yeah. we're just now getting into Kentucky football and Bear Bryant coached there how long ago <laughs> yeah seriously but yeah com- comic books in terms of the uh Dark Horse and the digital uh, distribution, it's probably too early for them to pioneer something like that. Even though they do have uh, Star Wars and some uh, some really big licensing agreements with properties like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I, it's too early for something, I think, for the, something that drastic to survive in, in the in the current marketplace, it's going to have to be more gradual. Yeah, because digital distribution has only been on the scene for what a relatively short amount of time. Yeah, but I mean, you have to look at it too. Marvel's losing a lot, a lot of companies are losing a lot of sales from people bit torrenting. Uh, they, sure. you know, they're downloading them, and I, I'm not saying this to, to absolve myself. I don't, you know, I don't do it. I buy my comics, but mostly because I'm a collector. I really want to own it. Um, I just, I like digital. I thought I'd try it with Star Wars. That's the only thing I buy digitally. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed it. You know, it's nice stuff that I, I don't have to pay for. Is, and it makes me want to try new things. Yeah, I think the main issue, the, the need of the consumer, the desire of the consumer, should come first in terms of the format that I want it in. Mm-hmm. And I think I, we, the digital distribution... Uh, aspect of publishing should be praised and supported if that's the format you want. And it should be available in that format. 
from uh, I, for example, the reason I'm so far behind in reading all my comics is because I prefer nice, oversized hardcover formats. Seth likes things that are big. I like them oversized, yes. I like them oversized, hard, and covered with a dust jacket and shrink wrap. <laughs> shrink wrap. And omnibus size. Okay. But yeah, I, I and in fact, most of my uh, comics that I buy have very few ads. If they do have ads, I cut them out and I bind my comic books. It's it's my hobby. That's that's what I do. That's how I enjoy uh, the, the the format that I want. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, Dark Horse is one of those comics that prints everything that way. So it's real easy to take the staples out, deface my comics, yeah. I commit the cardinal sin by uh, by by cutting uh, all the ads out. Uh, but I send them to a bindery, a library bindery, and they s- sew the uh, pages together and make a nice hardcover book for me to enjoy. Well, and here's the thing: I have to admit, I, uh, I I'm a single issue buyer, you know, and I I really like my comics because I like owning it, collecting it. But I don't reread them. I don't get the entertainment out of you out of them. I probably should. Um, my stuff I've bought digitally, or my the few hardcovers I do have, that's what I end up reading again. You know, it's 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 more portable. I can't sit there and take all these single issues on an airplane. Right. But you know, yeah. my like at school we have to do a pass test uh, training and, and we have to monitor. And my my job as a related arts teacher because I don't think I can do anything. It was to sit in the hallway and make sure that nobody was going to the bathroom <laughs> they weren't supposed to. But which helps because the kids aren't supposed to leave the room. So well, we all know what middle schoolers do in bathrooms. Now. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So I'm I'm sitting there with my iPad, and eventually I was just able to download a few issues of Django Fett Blood Ties and uh, of Boba Fett Blood Ties, and I mean, I'm just flipping through and loving it, reading that, and it's it's really good. I can't do that, you know. I can't bring bring haul my long box into the band room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have, have your have enlist your students into uh, uh, servitude, indentured servitude, and to bring your boxes in. I have no. You know, it's not like I think my comics are stock and they'll one day be... You know, I just, I don't know. I like collecting them. Yeah, that speculation market is long yeah. gone. I will admit there's a part of me that wonders one day if I'll go full digital. But the part of me that says no is I love my comic shop and I love just owning single issues. So, And and plus, I, I have a hard time paying... Th- hey, Marvel? Marvel. I have a hard time paying three ninety nine for digital something. When you sat there for years and said, it's paper costs and it's printing costs. And it's, no. It's because you guys want to jack up the prices, yeah, which was can. proven in a shareholder meeting. Someone had the guts to finally ask if you're making so because they said in that shareholder meeting says we're the quote was we're a money making machine. The guy said, "Well, why are you raising prices on comics?" He, he said, uh, "He said, well, we always are looking to stretch our profit margin, see how far we can push it forward." I like that some of the. I, Perusing some of the comics that I have not yet had the opportunity to read, uh-huh. I love that the cover says "Still only three ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like cover. it's like that's depressing. <laughs> that's really depressing. <laughs> so you know, and and like Seth was saying with hardcovers too. You know, they don't even do that right. Like they, Marvel comes out with these. What are they called? The I think they're they were premier hardcovers, uh-huh. and now they might have reworded it to something different, hoping that people would be stupid enough to buy them. Yeah, but. Yeah, the release, it used to be that a trade paperback would come out within a few months of a five or six issue storyline ending. Yeah. And then some, uh, within a year, an oversized hardcover would come out containing anywhere from 12 to 16 or 18 issues of a comic book series. And it would be even... Uh, Large, like it's nine by twelve or something like that, oversized format, uh, no ads, no advertisements in it. That's the format that I liked, and I was able to keep up relatively within a year's worth of content uh, with certain storylines because of that release schedule. But now they've switched it all around. They come out, Marvel comes out with a twenty, twenty-five dollar, sometimes even thirty dollar premiere hardcover which is the same size as your average comic book, and it contains the collected issues and very few extras or interviews or anything that you would expect to come in a, in a premier hardcover. Then the trade paperback comes out, 
months down the line. Yeah. And then you're lucky if it, it's in their grand grand plan uh, to get an oversized hardcover two years down the line. I just recently got the Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 12 hardcover, and that contains comics from 2009. Oof. That's how up-to-date I am with Ultimate Spider-Man. And that is the title, that the one title that I swore I would support as long as Bendis and Bagley were doing the book. Yeah. That's the one title that I said, I will always buy this. And yeah. now, I can't. Because, yeah. yeah. Alright, well, I think we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back with the portion that probably a lot of you are waiting for. We're going to talk about articles. We're going to answer some of your ridiculously stupid questions. And we're going to tell a Dale story of the week. So we'll be right back. Back again! Yes, this is the part some of you probably have been skipping through, so you don't have to listen to the geek stuff just or the sports stuff. Just know that our that our inner geek has been sated. We're okay now. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the articles here. Uh, you're going to get some commentary from Seth and I. It's going to be really rough on Seth because he's a jerk and doesn't read my stuff, so he's going to have to kind of go on the fly here a little bit. I have standards. And... Uh, we're also going to answer some of your horrible questions, and we're going to tell Dale stories, which is uh, what I, I'm guessing from the questions. That's kind of what people are wanting. So now do you believe me when I said we suffered together at Kentucky? Now yeah. That you've, now that you've said the name Dale again? Yes, yes. All right, uh, first thing, I wrote, I wrote this on Friday the 13th. Uh, if any of you don't know who Alan Pinkerton is, aside from having a great name, Alan Pinkerton started the Pinkerton Detective Agency which was is still in existence in Chicago today. It's a private detection agency. Seth's, like, scurrying on his laptop to find it. <laughs> I told you, I can't read or write. And, uh, and he started it. He What's weird, we think about these things, you know, because of all the law and order shows, as normal detective techniques, but he's the one who came up with the idea of sting operations, like sending in someone to pretend like they were buying a product or sending someone undercover. Uh, he worked for uh, the United States Army, um, sending people in undercover for uh, into the Confederates to gain military information. This guy was basically the greatest spy in American history. He also made his house a station on the Underground Railroad, which he later takes that good karma and destroyed it by being a brutal uh, police officer. When he was on his hunt for Jesse James, he would like go after it. Yeah, he, he was one of the people hunting down Jesse James, would go after his family members and try to you know, do terrible things to them. So not the best guy in the world, but had some good points. Like, you know, his house is on the Underground Railroad. Um, he was basically, like I said, probably the best spy in American history. And the way he died, the reason I wrote this on Friday the 13th, was he fell down and bit his tongue. What happened was he was walking down a sidewalk in Chicago, 1884. Uh, he tripped, fell down, and bit his tongue. And the wound turned gangrenous, and it killed Don't him. Don't you hate it when that happens? I know. I mean, <laughs> modern medicine, I guess, could have fixed that, but, I mean, it's almost like I wrote an article a while back where the guy who, uh, second person to ever go over Niagara Falls in a barrel, and he basically made his living after that talking about it, he tripped and fell <laughs> and broke his leg and, and, and went gangrene and killed him, too. So this tongue wound, what was this, did he bite it completely clean off or was it just it was through from what i've read and that's the thing is i've been able to cite there was one place that oh he might have had liver problems but everything including his official obituary which i have linked on the article he it, he had a gangrenous tongue wound which assuming it would mean it went all the way through all the way through but probably not all the way off yeah yeah wow that's just nasty all right uh next thing we're going to talk about a little bit here is Let's see, where are we? Okay, um, this is why you should never take your baby to a robbery. And I know that's an odd place to start, but, you know, one of the things that bugged me about Casey Anthony, the Casey Anthony case, is, you know, my friend Joe asked me, he goes, you know, what would you have done to the jury? I said, I would have said guilty. I don't care what the proof says. He's like, oh, you're one of those people. But that's the thing. I, their, her lawyers were great, but we all know she was guilty. We all know it, okay? She was out partying while her daughter was missing. Really? I've maybe rethought that. Because apparently the whole go out partying when your kid's gone is a Florida thing. These uh, two women, and let me actually... When we say you people, we mean Florida I mean girls. redneck Florida girls. Flor Florida people. Yes, yes. We are not racist in any way, shape, form, or Oh, no, I'm racist against redneck Florida <laughs> girls. 
Okay, so these two uh, redneck Florida girls named Allison Niemeyer and Laura Niemeyer, uh, they go to a Walmart with the intent to rob it. And the reason I say intent to rob it was they took their baby. They had a one-year-old baby. It was uh, one of their sons. I think it was Laura. I'm not sure who, which one was the mom. Um, but anyway, they go to the Walmart. They put $60 worth of stuff in their bag. Now, that $60 included, like, men's T-shirts and swimsuits and stuff like It's like, really? Shopping really? for their baby daddy. Yeah. And the other thing is Allison, who that was the mom, she was not supposed to be... Um, out of the house until 2021. She was on house arrest. So, problems here. So anyway, as they're leaving, someone at Walmart actually did their job, which that's a new story in itself. Loss prevention caught them. The baby's mom takes off out into a parking lot, which in Florida is very dangerous because there's old people driving everywhere. And then the other woman waits about 30 seconds, and they take off and get picked up by a blue Ford Aerostar van and drive off, leaving the baby at Walmart. Classy. I know. So, and then when the police finally catch them, they're at the Okala Entertainment Complex clubbing, cutting a rug and dancing. <laughs> now, Okala is where this robbery took place, by the way. If you're going to go out clubbing after ditching your baby, drive a few miles. Find a nice, classy strip joint. Preferably not the one you work at. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, yeah, it's like... I mean, it's terrible enough what they did, but are you that dumb? So I wonder now, Casey, I mean, is this a Florida girl thing? The whole, oh, my kid's gone, I gotta go clubbing. You know. It's so deliciously white trash. I I have to think that there are some other people stupid enough in the world to do this. I, I mean, I don't want kids. It, um, me and Karen have been married now for three years and decided we don't want kids, and people look at us like we're freaks. Well, for a lot of reasons, but I'm like, I, I, you know, we don't want kids. But even if I had a kid that I didn't want, I don't think I could leave them at Walmart. No, if, if at least leave them at you know, what the firehouse or where yeah. the hospital where it's acceptable leave somewhat to Walmart, leave. That's that's asking for trouble. Well, he's got everything he needs. Clear. <laughs> if he, you can't find it at Walmart, you don't need it, right? Good point. Good point. All right. Uh, next thing, if you go to Best Buy. Uh, you maybe should hear about this story. I call this the Best Buy Creep Squad. My mom recently told me she's getting something done at Geek Squad, which Geek Squad, I mean, they have good people. They also have people there who don't know what they're doing and will just tell you to reformat your computer. Should they ever decide to sponsor us, Geek Squad and Best Buy, their parent company, is a very fine organization. All right. So anyway, um, <clears throat> so so this woman goes to Best Buy and she hands him her iPhone. And she says, uh, I'm getting a new one. I need all the information taken off this one. Now, what she doesn't tell you in this part of the story, when she handed over the phone, is it had, according to her, very racy pictures of herself and photo or a video her children took of each other naked getting out of the shower. Two things. First of all, why do you take naked pictures of yourself? Second of all, I can't imagine. Why is she? I keep imagining your mom taking her iPhone to the Geek Squad now and having these things on your on your iPhone. Thanks. I'm Thanks. sorry. I, uh, That's the, what I want to hear. The, the, hey, mom, if you're listening, Seth's thinking about you naked. So anyway. ever since your wedding, Nick, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. But uh, but we're you know why? First of all, why would you? And then number two, she said, "Oh, the kids took the video." Why would you keep the video of your children naked on your phone and then hand it to a person you've never met? Uh, they, I don't know. If somebody is dumb enough to do that, I, I don't know. I can be... I'm probably ignorant of some of the things that are on my phone. Do you have naked pictures on your phone? Because, dear Lord, I hope so. I'm going to go in your room tonight. <laughs> Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I will I fully know. admit that the closest I come to naked pictures on my phone is what I like to do is take a picture of my butt. But what I do is it's not on my phone. I steal my friend's phones get the picture of my butt, save it as their, as my ringtone picture, and then call them at work. Of course. And so they're at work, and a picture of a butt pops up. That's like when I change my personal information on someone's phone to Dr. Man Meat. Yeah, or Booty Call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's always a fun one. So anyway, you got those problems. Well, Mr. Best Buy Creeper calls her back later and says, Hey, I got your pictures on a CD. Why don't you come over to my house and pick them up? Nice. Yeah, now luckily... She was smart enough to, uh, you know, just 
not do it. But she called the police and then got a lawyer who, if you go on my blog, sounds like Dudley Do Right. It's like, oh, well, man, let's see her. <laughs> and records her telling the story. So that's what we have here. I think we got maybe one more entry in us. Let's see. All right. Um, so the last one we'll do today, as far as stuff on the blog, this happened recently on July 21st. 80-year-old Attilia Martins. Now, we're making fun of people for being stupid, but this is awesome. Scary, but awesome. Uh, 80-year-old Portuguese woman, barely speaks English. Uh, she goes to her daughter and son-in-law's grocery store. And while she's in here, she hears a scream from the front. She goes up, and there are two thugs holding, holding up the uh, clerk at gunpoint. And they, you know, it's one of her lifelong friends, someone she knows. Now, 80-year-old woman, I could totally understand at that point. I'm out. Octogenarians are sexy, man. Yeah, but instead, she, what did that have to do with what I was saying? I don't know. I was looking at the picture of the oh, octogenarians yeah. so, with cigars on your website so, here. <laughs> um, so then she... Boy, that, that needed some context, but I'm not going to give it any. <laughs> and then she starts screaming, don't kill her, kill me instead. Don't kill her, kill me instead. I'm assuming in Portuguese. They didn't make that clear. Now, at that point, she's already shown some bravery. But when the guys don't move, they just kind of stare at her. She runs up to the counter, starts getting mangoes, and pelting one of the guys with mangoes. So he pistol whips her across the back of the head. As one she, is wont to do yeah, when wasting mangoes. She, she holds on to him for dear life and gets basically hangs on to him and starts to chase him down the sidewalk until she realizes her head is bleeding. Comes back in. She was able to get a description. And when the police tried to treat her, she's like, I know how to treat myself. I'm fine. And, and oh, if you go to my website, ramblybeachcat.com, there is a surveillance video that shows this happening. It shows and, that mangoes are delicious. Yeah. And uh, we're going to do what Opie and Anthony does. We're going to let you listen to us react to the video, because that's great entertainment. But, yeah, I mean, this is happening. These two guys are at the store, and they pull a gun. At some point. Maybe I just dreamed this. Did you pull up the wrong video? No, no, that's the right video. There we go. Okay, so he's got her at gunpoint. Other guys kind of look out, which he failed at his job, because then here comes Super Grandma running up the, running up here in a second. There she is. It's in an awesome, pur- yeah, purple movie. <laughs> yeah. Now watch, she's screaming. She's looking for something to throw. She gets the mangoes and boom. Boom! <laughs> now, watch this. He's going to pistol whip her. Oh. And then she... She's like, what are you doing? So she... She <laughs> follows him out. Out the store. That's awesome. I love the, the, the kind of sauntering, walking pace that she took off after him. Yeah, but I mean, that's impressive. you got to give her some credit for that. All right, we're going to go with uh, questions that we have. Um, let's see. What did I have here on questions? The first question comes to us... Well, we had Jen Witt and Kent Myers who said you should do Dale, more Dale stories, which um, those are not questions. Those are declarative statements. Way to go, Kent. Yeah, way to go, Kent and Jen. Maybe you guys should take English class again. Amanda Conley has asked her question, how is it that Seth Bott is so friggin' awesome? Seth, would you like to take this one? I would like to hear you say why I'm so awesome. Um, That way I don't sound like a, like a jerk. It's kind of like when you're... When Seth's embracing you, there's like this musky smell, but not a gross smell. It's like this musky manness. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, not cologne. It's hard to... You know how if you've used the same cologne or aftershave for a while, it's almost like it's it's set in there. It's, it's very faint, yet totally noticeable. Mm. I would say that... Yeah. That's my personal reason why you're awesome. I don't know... I don't know what other people's are. I'm sure there's stories about you... You know, doing things that we can't talk about in the podcast. That not that, if we don't want that explicit little label. Yeah, to go. Yeah. But next to I know the, that Seth's embrace when I embrace him, um, it's like it, it's like God is touching me on the face and saying everything's going to be okay, and then smacking me and saying now get get with it. It's it's just like that. It's because I'm twice your size. And you like to struggle underneath my weight. That is true. He he likes it when I try to get away. So I, I do just, like a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, not too much. All right, next question. And I'm I am little, twice the size of him. <laughs> a little worried about answering this one because trying to stay as apolitical as possible. But um, 
can you please explain the Chick-fil-A problem to me? Comes from uh, Jack B. Wack or Jack B. Wack at Twitter.com. The problem with Chick-fil-A is when they undercook the chicken. Yeah, I would say that's a, a big if issue. If it's not crispy enough, then if, if the breading is soggy, basically if they, if they don't cook it long enough, then I have to take the sandwich back. I agree. That's a big problem. It also throws me off a bit when they say my pleasure. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like I'm, I'm not yeah. used to. I'm used to going to like Burger King, McDonald's, and being like, "I," and then they give me my food. I'm not used to my pleasure. Uh, it just, it kind of throws me. It does, especially when guys say it. It's like I expect them to follow me home in a pedivan. Yeah, like you just. Yeah. Am I really your pleasure? Yeah, is yeah. That, that's probably like why that. I'm so awesome. Um, the other thing is sometimes, I, I, you know, I know a lot of people are, are you know, kind of iffy on their stance on on gay marriage, but. My thing is, um, what about the chickens? Like, do you think they've ever served us gay chickens before? Oh my gosh. Yeah, because I didn't thought about that. I mean, is this something they're thinking about? Because what, what if because of eating gay chickens, we become gay? That's that's a valid or, or concern. More, more gay. More, more yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's a valid concern. If, if, if they, I mean, are they checking to see if these chickens are gay or not? There should be a label. A label on our on our Chick Fil A sandwiches. This chicken is fabulous, <laughs> fiery hot, and then you know, and and spicy chicken. Yeah, I, I just I don't want to. I'm not really sure, you know, uh, if I can if I can eat there. Um, in all seriousness, I'll, I will say one thing: a lot of places do stuff that's despicable. I mean, it's corporations. Joe, our our manslave slash producer, made a point to me. He said, you know. Uh, you can't boycott Chick-fil-A because you'll have to boycott everybody. I guess so. Yeah, and follow the money trail. Unfortunately, the money trail goes through everybody. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't understand, you know, the, okay, however you feel about gay rights, in 30 years, we're going to look back at the way gay people are treated and be like, ooh. You know, it's it's going to be embarrassing the, the, the way that we, we did that. And if, if you're... You know, I hear a lot of people say, "Well, I love gay people. I just don't agree with them." It's like, what? It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. just just let the. You know, it's 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 not our place to to tell people how to live. And and I mean, Chick Fil A makes great food, but why did they even have to come out with that stance? And look, I agree on other points too, like these places like Boston and Chicago saying, "Well, you're not welcome here." It's like, oh, you, you can't really do that. I've never seen Chick Fil A treat anyone with disrespect or discrimination in servicing them, but other than diluting their lemonade to the point of that's true, being non-existent. Yeah, that and their is ice cream. Chick Fil A, shame on you. Their ice cream kind of sucks too. For trying to save yeah. money by jipping me on lemon juice and sugar. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the, the guy who believed that, you know, we all have stupid beliefs on something or another. That was his stupid belief. Uh, he should have just kept it to himself. You know, he's not helping anybody. And yeah. the head of Chick Fil A, the, the their PR department. Yeah, PR guy died. died, and I, I mean, I don't want to say that's related, but I mean, holy crap, that had to be a terrible job in the last. Well, he was the one who issued the statement that we do not discriminate against. Well, and what bugs me is the whole Jim Henson creature shop thing. Like, we're recalling these these toys because children got their fingers stuck in the holes. Which, first of all, I have to wonder whoever wrote that press release <laughs> was, was was take a second to think about maybe the most saying. brilliant comedian in the world. <laughs> you know, underline didn't realize, but you know, it's like no, they were. You're recalling it because Jim Henson and the Muppets don't want to be associated. So anyway, I'm sorry we got a little political there, but. I, I don't think that's a revolutionary view. I don't, I don't think it's controversial to think everyone deserves equal rights and equal treatment. Yeah, you know. History is not on the side of people who want to keep things the same way yeah. for very long. In, in this whole current, uh, we call it a civil rights struggle, and it, it, it's somewhat successfully been branded as a civil rights issue now. Um, but yeah, history is not on the side of those who want to deny people rights, whether it's justified or or not. Yeah. All right. Um, we're gonna now close out, and and Seth, you can edit swear words, right? Because I have to say a swear word and to quote the story correctly. We're gonna close out with uh, Dale's story of the week. Oh yeah. Can you do it? Are you oh, sure? Because yeah. I don't. I'm up to this. Task. I don't. My mom's already mad at me because uh, my mom's mom. I love you if you're listening to this. My mom was mad at me because I post stuff on Facebook about my feelings on things and. She got angry, and we got in an argument. I closed the argument by saying, if this was the 1960s on Facebook, would you tell me not to talk about the integration of schools issue so much? And that, that was over the line. But 
you know, my mom. Take my, that, mom. Yeah, I didn't feel too good about myself on that. But, you know, my mom made a good point. I need to be careful because family and stuff are on there, too. But uh, Well, your mom can take great pride and, and gain much succor from knowing that I think about what's on her phone. Okay. <laughs> That's a good point. But, uh, so, okay, I have to quote a swear word. So we're going to tell a story. Are you okay with us doing this story first, the, the time that I was scolded for farting? Good, yeah, that's a good. That's a great one. Okay. We should we should frame this though. We should let people know who Dale is. Okay. Dale is our trombone teacher at University of Kentucky, and when we say he's crazy or mentally unstable, we don't mean that in like a ha ha. He's kind of nutty way. We mean there was really something wrong. Um, you also have to believe me. You're going to hear us both do impressions of him, and it's going to sound like a cartoon character. Um, I don't know Seth's personal experience, but I could actually call people with this voice, and they would think they were talking to Dale. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's a pretty it's a very easy voice to imitate, and this was a rite of passage when you when you got into the Tremone Studio at Kentucky, you were obligated within the first semester, the first year, to have a Dale impression, yeah. whether you were male or female, or whether you no matter what your background or who you were, you had to have a Dale impression. Yeah, and uh, it's you know. He's a nice guy in some respects, but he, he made learning to play trombone very difficult at other times. He, he was incredibly knowledgeable, and when he taught, he could really teach, but there was so much stuff up, up in his head that was going on that was just crazy that this, these type of situations would occur. Yeah, and this, this became our cathartic release. This was, and even to this day, when, when it's, it's like what Jesus said when, when more than... Two of you are gathered in my day. It was like there. Eat a Chick Fil A. Yeah, you <laughs> eat a homosexual chicken. And there, there, there am I in the midst of you. Like whenever more than even with when two of us get together, uh, we the Dale stories eventually come out, and it's I always pick up something new or something that I forgot, or I tell a story that nobody else remembered, and it's just. Uh, it's incredibly cathartic for us and it keeps us sane so this happened to me we were uh, we were playing frisbee Um, Dale that's this one thing he's a nice guy thing you know and he'd he'd be nice and cool he had us all over to his house at the end of the year for a frisbee game and we're all playing frisbee and uh, at the at the end of the game we're all sitting outside and Dale was sitting right under me I'm in a chair he's sitting on the ground under me now, number one, I don't know what made me such a jerk to be sitting in a chair at someone else's house and not, you know, letting them have it. But number two, I didn't know his head was right under my butt. But I released what, to this day, I still consider one of my top five farts of all time. I mean, I, I lifted up my leg and just, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was awful. And I remember, you know, I farted, and Bill Kite yelled. He goes, "Oh man, Nick just farted on Dale's head!" And I didn't know. <laughs> I've done that. I look down, and Dale turns around and goes, Oh, yeah, it's, it's always like you're five years old when Nick's around. So I figure, oh, wow, that was bad. But I figure that's the end of it. You know, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't yeah, we deal it. with poop humor all the time uh, yeah. as college students and beyond. Yeah. So the next day I'm walking by Dale's door. He has his whiteboard where he puts messages on it all the time. And it says, see me, Nick, see me ASAP. Which is like, oh, no. <laughs> That's never good if yeah. you see that. So I Was walk it into terrible his office. abbreviations. Like, yeah, you, know, you would always abbreviate random words in random ways. Yeah. It would take more effort to put it on the whiteboard than actually just writing it out. What was really funny too is somebody just get off track a minute. Sometimes, like for instance, one time he wrote on the board. He goes, "If you need help with the uh, with the hot lick in uh, this piece of music, whatever it was, see me." And Dave Ashley erased it, so it said, "If you need help, lick me." <laughs> anyway, all right. So anyway, uh, I see that uh... and. and uh, and I'm like, oh, no. So I walk into the office, and I'm like, hey, Dale, what do you need? He goes, it only take two minutes. Which, by the way, Dale has no concept of time. This this whole meeting takes place. Or I'm going to condense about an hour's worth of meeting into a couple minutes here. It just only take two minutes. Close yeah. the door. Whatever he says, two minutes, you better you better buckle down. Yeah, so it's I walk up. in, and I'm like, hey, uh, what's going on? And this I'm quoting here. I'm not. He goes, I was deeply offended. When you farted at my house last night. Now, I'm having... First of all, you have to understand, this man controls a large portion of my destiny. Not only is he pulled from my grade, but my scholarship money and all that. And the, I get just walked into a room, and the first thing he says is, I was deeply offended when you farted at my house last night. And I'm like, well... I remember I looked at him and I said, Dale, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't know your head was there. 
and I shouldn't have done it. I was, I was, you know, I wasn't trying to do that purposely because it doesn't matter. You don't fart in public at all. What? And I said, well, at this point, I was trying just to get through. I was like, yeah, sure. I said, I, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I don't, I don't know why I farted out there. And he goes, no, and this is part you better be able to edit. He goes, do you know what a fart is? Which that that question will throw anybody. Yeah, you know he looks. I, I, um, do you give the sciencey answer? Do you give? The... Yeah. Do you talk about digestion and methane? I mean, what do you? And like, do you know what a fart is? I looked. I said, "Well, uh, something bad." That was my response. <laughs> and he goes, "A fart is your shit, and I don't want to smell your shit." Which that, by the way, has become a quote now for all time when something <laughs> smells bad. So. At this point, you have to understand the surreal situation. I mean, this man who controls my scholarship money and my grades and everything is talking about what my poop smells like. And I'm like, all right, Dale, I'm sorry. I'll never do it in front of you again. Now, right then, Dale has won the argument. I did. I farted in his presence. I farted at his house. And you apologized. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely in the wrong. Only Dale, Dale could turn this into something where he's wrong. And here's how he did it. <laughs> now, but it's not just about... You know, you farting around. You should never fart in front of other people, ever. Like I said, well, come on, Dale. I mean, you you farted around your friends in college. No, yeah, never, never no. did, uh-uh. never. And I'm thinking, do you even have friends in college? I don't know. He says, I never did. He goes, and then my favorite. Friends. He said, he said, I've had people come to me and complain about you and Brad and Seth farting. I was like, well, which that. I was like, really? You made it sound like we were like child worshippers. Yeah. Like I've had people come to me and say the things you've been doing. And we load like, up, we load up the the, the mystery machine. Yeah, and we go we go kidnap people. And it's like no, re- really. And you know, he, he couldn't tell me who. I'm like who? He goes, well, I can't tell you. And which which was he made it up, of course. Yeah. And so uh, I'm like, what? What are you talking? I said, well, Dale, I'm sorry. You know, I goes, he goes, he says, I, I'm not just here to teach you about trombone. I need to teach you about life, which I'd be a mentor. Yeah, which is not what I what you want from Dale. <laughs> so I'm like, really? And I said, Dale, I'm sorry. I won't fart in front of you, and I, I'll, I'll keep because no, but you're going to do it other times. And, I, and you have to, at this point, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, he's now he's getting into my gastrointestinal habits you know, outside yeah. of school yeah. and i'm like you know i'm sorry i'll just fart around my friends once in a while he goes and you should never should that's just behavior you don't ever do in front of people ever then i asked the key question <laughs> i asked the question that to this day reverberates with me forever i said come on dale i mean everyone farts around don't tell me that your wife's never farted in front of you <laughs> and his response to me kid you know was i don't let her I don't let her. Because then the romance would be good. So no, she's not allowed to fart in front of me. And as if to make it better, he goes, and I don't fart in front of her. <laughs> like, at that point, I don't know how I... I just remember saying, all right, Dale, this conversation has gotten in a direction that I did not foresee. I need to leave. After an hour, this is the line. <laughs> yeah, keep in mind, if that seemed rambling at all... Uh, pun there. If that seemed rambling at all, that, that was a... Con- condensed version of about an hour conversation of which i only spoke maybe 10 minutes of yeah most of the time you just let dale talk because Ah. the gold mine the gold mine was coming yeah you you knew something was going to happen that you could immediately uh, i mean i couldn't believe when i said you know i don't let her i I don't don't let her i don't let her you know and i don't want to smell your shit it was like what like to have your trombone professor at college. I can't imagine Dale being romantic. You're just like, ah, give me your honey. It's like, make sure you don't rip one. Yeah, <laughs> get it. I just wonder. Yeah, did, did, did he say he didn't? Because I mean, was that like a ground rule they established before the relationship? Stop? How do you stop someone no, from farting? What I what I really want to know. No. Was, was it a ground <laughs> rule before? She, like, did she never have a chance, or did she one time rip it in front of him? And she, he was like, no, no, no. you do not do no. that in front of me. I will, I will not tolerate this. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Dale, I... Janet. You know? <laughs> well, he's right. You know, Because, yeah. I mean, I wonder, like, because, I mean, he was, he didn't even blink when I asked that question. He didn't, he didn't yeah. even, like, pause to think about it. I said, what about if your wife goes, I don't let her. Like, I'm wondering if, if, if that when they were dating, because... From what you Dale told Dale me, Dale sitting sitting at a romantic candlelit dinner with a wine glass in his hand. Now we need to set some ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
first, I will never leave your side. Second, you will never rip ass in front of me. He's chomping on an apple. That's one thing. When Dale would, would talk to us a lot of times, he would eat. Dale was the most disgusting talker and eater. Like, like one time... Seth was listening to him. He sprayed peach juice on his glasses. So, but we're getting off topic. We're leaving Dale. We're, we're going into new Dale stories. Yeah, we got to see but, these Dale stories. But that's the thing I wonder is, was that a ground rule that he set? Like, how do you bring that up to a woman? Like, I remember when Karen and I had the fart talk. Because I would joke about farting, and Karen warned me. because Nikki, you better not. Karen's my wife. Because Nikki, you better not do it. Because once you fart, all bets are off. And I farted in front of her, and I I did not know. This is one of the reasons I married her, though. She's awesome. My wife can clear a room. Yes, she can. I mean, it's, yeah. And so you wouldn't think. I mean, you know, yeah, she can destroy it. So, you know, the fart conversation comes up in every relationship, but Dale took a pretty hard-line stance. Yeah. How do you physically stop someone from farting? Well, no, you stop yourself. I mean, obviously, Jan... I mean, I wonder if, like, when Dale leaves the bar, she's like, Bye, honey! Oh, thank God! Oh, oh, he's gone! I wonder if, like, when he's out of town on trombone choir, where she just walks around the house ripping it all over the place. Sergeant Storm, man, for six months! (laughs) Like, I mean, because I know when I have to hold in a fart, I'm in a bad mood. Oh, shoot, yeah. You can tell. I start sweating, and you have to, like, you shift to one side, hoping that it's going to back up inside you and it doesn't happen and you're just you're bobbing around like a sea buoy yeah but I don't know so anyway that's uh that's our Dale story of the week if you like that at all we'll be telling more um that one you can also find on my blog ramblingbeachcat.com you will also find and um that story I think is either filed under poop or education I can't remember I might have to other quality hashtags or categories I'll have to find but you can find it on there um uh, as far as what we're going to do from here on, I'll put the podcast somewhere up on my website so you can find it. Uh, subscribe, please. And um, if we can get some more questions, we will definitely answer them. And Seth, do you have anything to say to You're, you're going to get, eventually going to get some special visits from some special characters that, uh, that, that, that we have. Some special guests that we're going to bring on to the show. Yeah. Some of you who know, know who they are already. but uh, They'll be here. They'll be here. All right, well, thank you very much, and we will see you guys next week.